Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I'm bringing to you part five of a six-part series entitled The Matrix, with today's message entitled specifically Agents, based off of Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. So let's dive in the Word today. Philippians chapter 3 verses 17 through 21. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They, bra- they brag about, about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. And from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18-21, through 21, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Amen. Friends, following Christ requires a commitment of faith and trust in our Lord and Savior. Anything short of faith leads us back to being agents of the world. Today, we're about to step in some serious business, some really nightmarish stuff, and how the Matrix films really hit the nail on the head when mirroring to us what our own world looks like. So let's briefly start where we did at the beginning. The film opens up with green data raining down as if on a green monochrome screen character by character. This, of course, is the inner workings, the code of the Matrix. Through this, if you remember, we hear chatter between two characters, Cypher and Trinity, where Cypher is asking her if she really believes Neo is the one. You will also recall that following the chatter, I delivered you to the other end, to Neo's blank computer screen with, Wake up, Neo. The Matrix has you, typing itself out on the screen. What I didn't tell you was what happened in between the chatter and the screen. In the opening scene, Trinity is not attempting to reach out to Neo, but is watching him along with Cypher, preparing to make contact, but not quite seeking to yet. You'll also recall that Trinity, at one point during their chatter, asked Cypher if the line was clean, and Cypher said he was sure it was, after which... I brought you to Neo's desk. But what really happened was this. 
Trinity was within the Matrix looking to make contact with Neo. So she was at a location in the Matrix trying to make contact with Neo, but watching and waiting for the right time. But somehow she was detected. She was spotted by agents, and we'll get to that, but she was spotted by agents who are humans given super abilities by the Matrix to hunt down and take down any uh, resistance. You can call them, let's say, the FBI of the Matrix, because that's really what they look like. They look like FBI agents. <clears throat> you know, black suits, black ties. They're like the men in black. Trinity, realizing she's fallen into a trap, narrowly escapes death and is able to return to the Nebuchadnezzar, Morpheus' ship, without getting caught or killed in the Matrix. It is from there that she then re-enters at a different location and then types on the screen, wake up, Neo, the Matrix has you. But back to the agents. What are they? And if they are humans, who are they? And how do they get their powers? These are all important questions which we will discover the answer for, but I promise you, it will lead us to feel a little uncomfortable in the end. Because as you know, this will lead back to our reality as well. So here are uh, the agents. Or let's, let's look at who the agents are. The agents are human beings living within the Matrix, mindlessly living out their slavery in the illusory world of the Matrix. They're just regular human beings. So wait, you might be asking, then how are they dangerous if they're just normal people in the Matrix? Good question. Let me say this. They are, norm they are normal people until they're not. When a, a crisis happens within the Matrix, one that threatens to undermine the Matrix's integrity, the Matrix itself, the Matrix interjects its security software into a location closest to the crisis, which could be a security breach, the destruction of a, a, a rogue human in the Matrix, but not enslaved to it, uh, free agents of humanity seeking to bring it, the Matrix, down. Anytime such a thing happens, that security software gets streamlined into the brain of a human being nearest the action. Such a human being is now an agent acting upon the security code being fed or uploaded into their brains. The person at that time is not only just a human being, but now is a human being who has the complete workings of the matrix within their head and they know how to circumvent all of the rules and regulations they know how to move at super speeds they can dodge bullets and the likeliness is if you run into an agent you're going to die this person as an agent knows all forms of martial arts weaponry and can circumvent like i said the computer made rules of the matrix in order to take out any threat at any time <clears throat> So that means any person within the matrix, any person within the matrix could be a potential agent who will deliver death to anyone they fight. In fact, here's a great illustri illustration the movie provides. During its training, to be during the, his training, I should say, to become the one, Neo encounters a 
a woman in a red dress walking down the street. And Morpheus and him are just walking down the street in the crowd of people, and he's explaining um, the Matrix to him. And so Neo encounters this woman who walks by him. She's beautiful. She's in a red dress. And when Neo sees her in the construct, which is a fake, a fake Matrix for training purposes, he immediately is attracted to her and distracted by her. Asked a question by Mouse, who is training Neo, he turns his head briefly only... Excuse me, he was asked a question by Morpheus, not Mouse, uh, but who is, who is training Neo. He, he, he turns his head briefly only to turn back to the woman. Except she's not a woman at this point, but a man dressed like an FBI agent pointing a gun to his head. So you see, in one moment she was a woman in the right red dress, then asked a question, briefly distracted, he turned back, and that wasn't a red woman in a red dress, it was, a, it was an agent ready to kill him. And the point of that training was to show Neo that anyone, anyone in the Matrix can be an agent. And truthfully, the same is true of us in our world as well. So just as Neo was being taught the truth of the agents within the Matrix, we are being taught the same truth in our current world order as well. Any one of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we are from or what our background is, we can become agents of this world standing against God and the people of God at any time. Don't believe me? Just look at politics over the last several years. The only way of avoiding becoming an agent of the world is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be rescued from the matrix, from slavery to our current world order, to sin and death. Becoming an ambassador to Zion, the, the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, that's what we're called to be. That's the only way to avoid becoming an agent of this world, is to become an agent of God, an ambassador to Zion, the kingdom of God, on earth as it is in heaven. But as we learn the way, we still have to be diligent to follow it rather than abandoning, abandoning it for a false sense of peace and bliss. In our first scripture reading, Paul is writing to the, the church in Philippi, a church that he clearly has much love and respect for. And he is writing this letter probably because of his disunity within the church. However, the tone and wording of the letter suggests that this was more of a minor problem than a major one. For Paul speaks very highly of this church and uses a gentle and compassionate tone. Still, the, the church is facing disunity among a couple of its leaders, and that can quickly turn really bad. What causes disunity, typically? Pride a sin we all suffer from, greed, the idea that, we, that what I have or what status I attain is never enough, a sin of always wanting more, power, to have power over another is a sin that humanity has struggled with from the days of Cain and Abel onward. These are just some of the most common causes of disunity. And let me tell you, the ruler of this world, the devil, loves, loves, loves it. 
what Paul conveys to his beloved church is this. Model yourselves off of me, Paul. Why? Because Paul had modeled his life off of Christ and was trying to guide them in the same way. In fact, Paul kept in contact with all churches, even the most difficult ones, because he tried to bring people together rather than to uh, you know, cause dissension among, among his churches. In, in verse 18, Paul writes, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross. Like the humans in the Matrix, the ones who could be agents at any given time, the people within the church, even whose conduct, whose behavior shows them to be enemies of the cross, the people of the church even, can, can end up showing themselves to be enemies of the cross. So what does this mean? This means that, that though they claim to be Christians, though they worship and roll through the obligations, they are really worshipers of the world, not worshipers of God. Their hearts are hardened to the gospel of Christ and they become enemies of the cross, agents of the world. So in our context, who are the agents? Potentially, they're us. They're us possessed by the way of the current world order. Though we were created for paradise, though we were created to live with, worship, and serve God, we from the outset of the world have rejected a perfect world, choosing a world that offers something beyond paradise, something more, something we alone can attain. How could people reject such a paradise? Aspiration, says the serpent in the garden. Paul goes on to remind the Philippians and us that such people, such agents, are heading for destruction, as that is exactly where the current world order is headed. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. Similarly, addressing a much more problematic church, Paul writes to the Corinthians in his second letter to them in order to remind them that division is not God's work. That is the work of Satan. Rather, God has given us the task of being his agents, his ambassadors. God is actually making his appeal to the people of the world through us, giving them the choice to be God's agents rather than agents of this world. Which brings me to one final point. Notice that God invites you to be his agents. Whereas, like in the Matrix films, the world steals you away, corrupts you, and turns you against those you should be loving the most. So where God is inviting you to be an agent but you have the choice to be or not be the world doesn't give you that choice it just steals you corrupts you and makes you into its own image and once it has its way with you um 
once it has its way with you and you serve your purpose of the world, you serve the purpose of the world, it discards you as useless. And we can see this in our own healthcare system and in how ageist our society is. The youth are, seeing, are seen as a hindrance to society while the old are seen as a burden. It is the healthy, working-aged folks that get the best benefits. And that is just one minor example in the grand scheme of things. So what this means is that y'all need to try to be diligent in keeping... We all really need to keep our to be diligent in keeping our eyes and hearts on God. Just because you belong to a church does not necessarily mean you worship God. And remember... The church is not a building, but the people of Jesus Christ. It is the embodiment of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. You cannot take your salvation for granted, nor can you take your savior, savior for granted. Otherwise, you will end up like Judas Iscariot, or in the Matrix, you will end up like Cypher, a guy who had the best of intentions, but those intentions were less than divine and selfishly motivated. You see how the best of intentions work? And he ended up choosing to betray his friends for some money, a nice life, and a one-way ticket back into the matrix to live in ignorance, memory wiped of any wrongdoing. Ignorance is bliss. Or is it? This Cypher chooses to become like Judas Iscariot and betrays the one, betrays Morpheus, betrays Trinity, betrays the whole crew. Just so that he can live in ignorance. Just so he can experience peace and bliss. But friends, we know that's not real peace and we know that's not real bliss. Friends, as the church, we must rise up and become the ambassadors Christ has called us to be. We must be agents of Christ, lest we fall into being agents of the world. Christ has invited us to leave the matrix behind, to abandon the ways of the world, and to work as his agents of hope, healing, and wholeness in this world. But the world is also vying for our attention. It's vying for our loyalty. And we can choose the easy way. Jesus said the way to heaven is a narrow, thin, hard road, winding road, and very few ever find it. But the highway to hell is broad and wide, meaning that it's easy. And oftentimes people choose the easy way because it's easy, it's convenient. Ignorance is bliss. Friends, we can become like Cypher, we can become like Judas, and fall away from the very one who has saved us. And that's because of the grace of God who gives us the choice to follow him. We're not forced into this. We're given the choice. And that is God's sovereignty. That is God's grace to allow us to do that, <clears throat> to have that choice. And unlike the world, God isn't forcing us to do anything. God isn't corrupting us, changing us. God is, God is changing us for the better to make us more of who we were called to be, not to take our identity away and blend it with the rest of the world. We can do this with Christ's helping. 
but it takes place. It takes placing our faith in the one who has power over the matrix. We have to take that leap of faith and put our full trust in God. So as a people of God, we, will we succumb to the fear of our circumstances or whatever causes us to abandon our faith in Christ? Or will we close our eyes and faithfully respond, Here I am, Lord Jesus, send me. Remember, this takes discipline. This takes practice. We ought to be worshiping regularly, reading scripture, praying, serving, attending to the ordinances of God, such as Holy Communion. So far, we as a church have responded in faith and good on us. Let us continue to double and even triple down on that faith and watch the foundation of the world order be shaken around us, preparing the way for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you so much for this opportunity to, to uh, hear this message, which is, it is an inspiring message because it shows us that you are actively working in our lives and pulling us away from the threat and the danger of the world uh, that it poses on our own souls and on our own identity in you. And so, Lord, thank you for, for bringing us closer to you and, and, and reminding us that we are your agents. Uh, we're already claimed by you. We need not turn to the world. Help us to choose you over the world, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, it's always good to uh, have you tune in and listen. I hope that you are in, you have gotten something out of this message as much as I'm getting uh, putting into it. Uh, I, I really, really am enjoying this Matrix series, and I hope you are too, and I hope it has caused you to go back and watch The Matrix or watch it for the first time if you've never seen it. It is a, a, great, a great movie. All of them really are, but <clears throat> it really has a lot to say to us and teach us about our own world today. Um, with that said, uh, check out the episode notes. If this is your weekly uh, spiritual sustenance, then if you have it in you to give, uh, that would be very helpful and we'd appreciate it and it would further the ministries of our church. Um, and also, if you, uh, but if you attend another congregation or this is just supplemental, then by all means, uh, support your church. That's, that's most important. Uh, support your faith community. And if you have it in, a, in you to, serve, uh, to support us both, uh, none of us would argue that either. We'd be great, grateful on either end. With that said, friends, remember, you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace. Go in peace.